Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here today. Um, thank you, uh, Ben, for that. A um, couple things before we get started. Uh, Monday night, we launched a new uh, ministry in our church called Grace Life Recovery. Uh, we had well over 30 people show up, 7 o'clock at the Nightlife Center. Either, they were either there for the community and the healing or the pizza. We haven't figured that part out yet. It was the pizza. Listen, it was a great time, and I, Megan said it was one of the most impactful ministry events she can remember in her life. It really was something, and yeah, ever. So it was fantastic, and so for those of you guys that were there, Monday that, were here, that are here today, thank you, and we're excited about that ministry. Also, tonight at 6 is the second week of our Grace Life students that have been kicked off on Sunday nights at 6. There's pizza there, too. <laughs> you, see, you, you see a theme here. So anyway, if you're, if you're a student, high school or middle school, I'll be there tonight too, along with Chris and the team, so we're excited about that. My name is Joe Davis. I'm one of the pastors here. Before we get started, I want to play a little game today. Oops, this is off, I think. i turn it on. Uh, did I break it? You guys want to figure this out for me real quick, Kevin? Oh, wait, power button? I'll let you figure it out. So while he's doing that, I have a game for you guys we're going to play. It's called Celebrity Mugshot. So I hope it works. If not, you guys will have to advance it for me. So, Joe, you might have to advance it for me. So, But uh, all right, so, Joe, while he's looking on, working on that, you'll advance this. Go to the next slide, if you could. Is Joe able to do that, or, or did Joe leave? He's done with his job. He just left. So... This is, important to the, this is important to the sermon, the celebrity mugshots. I, I almost exchanged that for the scripture if I could. Okay, so it's just a joke. All right, go forward. Uh, name the celebrity. Good, that's a celebrity mugshot. Oh, next, go forward. Eric Graham. I said Eric Bernie Madoff, that's right. Uh, go forward to the next one. Eric Graham. The next one, these are celebrities. Next one. Charlie Sheen, very good. Celebrity, slow down, slow down. Slow down, stop, go back, stop, stop. Charlie Sheen, go next. Very good. All right, go to the next one. Yeah, like anybody over 40 did not who that was. <laughs> it's Jay-Z. All right, next one. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Are you a... Are you a Believer, is that what they call them? Believer. Next, Snoop Dogg. All right, you're gonna like this next one. Go, not that one. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Where's the next one? Let's see the next. Yeah, right. Slamal's got a celebrity mugshot. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then a little, a little local flavor. A little local celebrity. Oh, that's not local. This one's that's that's Snooky. Yeah. Now here's the local one. Go, go local. There we go. <laughs> hey. Sarasota is right in the hub of the universe when it comes to celebrity mugshots. All right, go forward. Today we're talking about Jesus in Genesis. Number three, we're doing this story or this series about Jesus in Genesis. This one's called Thank God for Clothes. Amen? Thank God for Clothes. Uh, I am so glad, and I imagine you are as well, that I don't have to preach to you naked. Image burned. I got it. 
Have ever ever you ever had any of these dreams that you're naked in public? Thanks, buddy. Oh yeah. Anybody? Yeah, he said, oh yeah. <laughs> like you have a dream and you're and you're and you're, and you're asking yourself, why am I naked? I can't even go around with my shirt untucked. Why am I naked? And then you realize you wake up, oh, it's just a dream. I wasn't naked, right? Why is that? Why are those dreams scared? I, I could be doing anything, and if I'm in a dream and I'm naked, I'm scared. Like I wake up, oh, thank God nobody saw me. <laughs> it's because humans hate shame. I'm going to talk about some serious things today. There are some of you that are here today, and you are in a shame prison. And as your pastor who loves you, I'm really hoping today we can set you free. So the passage is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 to you, then look at, or 1 through 6, and then look at verse 7 and 20. So let me just read what happens in Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And the serpent says, you surely will not die. God is a liar. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, And that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and ate. In verse 7, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves loincloths. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. I want to talk today, first of all, as we like to do each passage that we look at at Grace Life has three applications. The history, what about man, what did he do, why did he do it? Then we look at the theology, what about God, what did he do and why and how did he do it? And then and only then can we understand the devotional application. What about me, what am I supposed to do and Why and how do I do it? So let's look at the history of the passage. I want to look at the birth of shame today. The first thing we see is that Adam and Eve gave in to temptation. Saw the tree, looked good, ate the fruit. So they gave in. The temptation was there. The temptation overcame their ability to be self-disciplined, and they gave in to sin. And the second thing we see on the historical side is that Adam and Eve recognized their failure. They have the realization of their sin. It hits them like a a brick, square in the face. Then they attempt to cover their shame with the fig leaves. Uh, Not a very good attempt. You know, fig leaves, they're not permanent, if you know what I mean. And they sewed these clothes out of fig leaves. And you know why they chose fig leaves? Because Adam could not bring himself to kill one of the animals he was supposed to take care of. Remember we talked about last week that special relationship that Adam had with all the animals and we showed that shark video where this guy was taming the sharks. Remember I showed you that and I said that's a little image, a little picture of what the world was like back in the garden. So they attempt to cover their shame and you know what else they do? They try to hide from God because they know what they've done. And God says, where have you been? I was looking for you. And then what else we see in the history side of this is the birth of conflict and struggle. 
First, we see a conflict between man and woman. Well, she's the one that gave it to me. And she says, well, the serpent's the one that gave it to me. And everybody's blame shifting because they don't want the attention of the failure to be on themselves. They are full of shame. Another conflict is between humans and creation. For the first time, something on earth died because of man's actions. It was that animal that gave the skins to clothe Adam and Eve to cover their shame. The first ever natural conflict. And then the last part of the struggle that we see born in this is the struggle between good and evil. And in Genesis 3, 14 and 15, there's actually the first prophecy of Jesus. And it becomes very clear, and you can read it later if you want, but basically it becomes very clear that there is a fight between Satan and God on the earth that will ultimately be won by his son Jesus. So that's the history. It's the birth of shame. Now, you know, sometimes we think back and think, you know what? If Adam hadn't screwed up, it would be so much better for us now, right? Let me remind you, Adam was a lot smarter than any of you here in the room, except for Les McCurdy in the back. He was not as smart as Les, but he was smarter than everyone else. And here's the thing. Adam was not only smart, he walked with God every day. Like, he, God answered his questions. If there was anybody ever who could say no to temptation, it would have been this man who was made perfectly, very intelligent, very smart, had the most incredible special connection with Heavenly Dad that we all yearn for and long for. He had it. And even he could not say no. You think you could? So let's look at the theology of the passage. What does God do? He covers their shame. In verse 21, And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. You know what God does? He makes clothes out of animal skins. Can you imagine how hard it would have been for Adam to kill the animals to make these clothes? These animals that God said, Listen, I give you charge over the beasts and everything else. Care for them, love them, protect them. And what Adam does is he throws all that away with this sin. And then God, can you imagine how hard it would have been for Adam to say, you know what, Eve? Yes, we messed up, but I'm going to kill this animal here and make us clothes. He tried to avoid that. He says, no, 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 I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do these fig leaves. Think about a pet that must be killed. That's what it was like. Because Adam and Eve knew they messed up. But you know what happens? A compassionate God does it for them. Look, guys, these fig leaves aren't going to work. This is the only way it's going to work. And let me explain to you why. And so we have this paradox of a God who is totally righteous and just in judgment. Yet he's tender and caring, recognizing that he has to stoop to help these pathetic, poor people make some clothes. And they don't understand Adam and Eve. They don't understand all the reasons for their shame. Really, they don't. But they sure do feel the weight of it. And Adam looks around and he's thinking, what have I done? This world that God gave me charge over, these animals, these beautiful, precious animals, and now I couldn't stay away from this one tree and I let the serpent tempt my wife. I should have been there with her in the first place. I should have never let her be alone there. That's my fault right there from the very beginning. He's overcome with guilt and shame. And in spite of all that, what does the Lord do? 
the Lord reaches down and puts clothes on them. I understand you have shame. Let me cover it. But now listen, there was a price for those clothes. They weren't free. That's the deeper spiritual mystery here, guys. That without the shedding of blood, the scripture says, there is no redemption. There is no covering of shame. It always comes with a price. Hebrews 9.22, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Guys, this is why Jesus had to shed his blood on the cross because without the shedding of blood or death, there is no forgiveness of sin because overcoming sin is not free or overcoming shame is not free. Overcoming shame is not something you get to by the power of positive thinking. There's a lot of that out there today. Wrong. That will work until you realize, you know what? I'm deceiving myself. There's nothing positive about my shame. It's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's faith, which is a gift that you can trust in the work of Jesus on the cross to be good enough to overcome even your naked shame. This sympathetic Jesus who the scripture says was tempted in all ways that we were, but without sin, a compassionate God who in our time of nakedness and shame comes down and says, hey, I paid the price. Let me throw some clothes on you. All right. This is the devotional part. I want to talk about righteous threads. You know what shame is, guys? Shame is the result of our secrets revealed. See, it's funny because sometimes we'll feel internal shame if we're sinning and other people don't know about it, but we can escape it really easy by distracting ourselves. But when our secret sin is revealed, that's when it really becomes painful. It's that pit-in-the-stomach feeling when your sins that are secret are laid bare and naked for everyone around you to see. It's a gut-wrenching feeling. It's embarrassing. It's mortifying. And you just want to disappear. We have all felt that, right? That moment of nakedness before all. And it's mortifying. And it makes us hide to our family. When these secrets are revealed to our family, it's painful. When the secrets were revealed to our friends, it's embarrassing. And then even when our secrets are revealed to people in the world we don't even know, I can't believe this is public. All right, so um, I remember when I was writing this this week, I started having tears just writing it. And I'm just going to, I wrote some things down and I just want to say them to you, our church, okay? I want so badly to speak right into the hearts of so many of you today. Will you let me, please? Will you please let me? Because some of you, and I know from personal experience with you, some of you right now, today, you are prisoners to your own shame. And you are overwhelmed, and I know why you're overwhelmed, because you don't see a way of escape from its reality. My shame is there. 
I can sometimes distract myself from it, but then it's right back to it because I do the same thing over again, or I'm reminded of it, or I see a consequence of it, and you are overwhelmed. This is what I want to talk to you about as your pastor. In the midst of your shame, I want to tell you this. If you can somehow, by a miracle, by the gift of faith, miraculously identify with the work of Jesus, here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine him coming down, putting his hands on your shoulders, and helping you get into this personalized cloak of righteousness through the grace of Jesus that he has made just specifically for your type of shame. It's your size. It's your color. It's cut perfectly for you. And then what I want you to do is I want you to recognize these are amazing threads. And I want you to live in the glory of your grace threads. Abandoning the sheer hellhole that is your shame from your own personal sin. Look at this verse. This is what Isaiah says. He got it. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. This, with as much sincerity as I can muster, this as your pastor is how I want you guys to live. I know you're not perfect. I know you've got struggles. I know there are things in your life that seem to beat you over and over again. But I tell you right now, if you have identified with the work of Jesus on the cross, which, by the way, is a miracle from the gift of faith. If you can identify with that, I want you to live in the shadow of that cross, sporting your new righteous wardrobe that covers your naked shame. Every inch of it. What sin and shame is there in your life right now as we speak this morning that has laid you naked before the world? Your family? Your friends? It could be lying. It could be immorality. It could be addiction. It could be stealing. It could be a stream high level of betrayal. It could be your gossip. It could be your religious spiritual hypocrisy. It could be pornography. It could be selfish living. The list can go on and on. Those are pretty shameful things I just rattled off, aren't they? Especially if they're revealed to everyone you know. But Jesus, in his compassion and grace, has made some personalized Righteous threads just for you. Will you wear them today? Or you just want to sit there naked? I mean, I'm really challenging you today. I'm actually saying, listen, there is a choice that God might be enabling you to make today. And we do believe that when we make this type of choice, it's supernatural. It's not something you summon out of your own ability. This is a supernatural choice. And the choice is this. 
Will you put on your righteous threads? Guys, I'm pleading with you. Get dressed. Please get dressed. Stop running around in your naked shame. Get dressed. As your pastor and your friend, I'm inviting you through the gift of faith to pray today. To turn to the cross and start off with this. Dear Jesus, my sin has made me naked before you. Because see, if you could start with that, then you're doing two things that are crucial to getting rid of shame. Number one, admitting your sin. And number one, admitting it's before God. That's the first step. Dear Jesus, my sin has made me naked before you. Here's the second part of the prayer. You ready? Please put my tailor-made righteous clothes on me right now. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and it's a sin before you, and I'm going to try to turn it around here in the next couple of months. That's not what I'm asking you to do as your pastor and as your friend. I'm asking you to right now to put them on. Dear Jesus, thank you. Please put my tailor-made clothes on right now. And here's the last part of the prayer. You ready? Because I'm tired of hiding from you. I'm tired of hiding from my family. I'm tired of hiding from my friends. And I'm tired of hiding from my church. Guys, hiding sucks. Fellowship is great. And I'm telling you right now, if you are identifying with the cross of Christ, he has for you especially made. These aren't hand-me-down righteous robes, by the way. Oh, you're ready? I've been working on this one for you. This is perfect. And just imagine our compassionate, sympathetic Jesus, just like God in the garden in Genesis, reaching down and saying, hey, I know it's embarrassing. I know what it feels like. I felt the shame on the cross when I was naked being crucified before the world. I did that for you. Here's your righteous robe. Here, let me put it on this arm. Let me see your arm. Great. Turn around. Let me, let me button it up for you. And, and you know what he sees when he does that? He's like, he's like all those designers. He goes, perfection. He looks at you and he doesn't see your shame anymore. He doesn't see your sin. All he sees is perfection. Isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? Guys, please, today, get rid of shame. Get dressed. Heavenly Dad, I pray for those that are in our church, in our congregation right now, There's some that are hurting. There's some that are in shame and they're hiding their shame. God, give them the ability to confess it, admit it, ask for the righteous clothes. Lord, make them tired of hiding from their family, from their friends, 
from their church, and from you. And as we put on our robe of righteousness, we know that you look at us and you don't see our shame. You see the perfection you've given us through your work on the cross. Amen, brothers and sisters. We invite you to stand and sing one final song with us this morning.